Mike, Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. McAlvin Rubinoff on one of the busier days we have seen in a while. Ten games in the NHL last night. Are the Leafs in big trouble after another loss on the blue line? This time, it's Morgan Riley, and it's not as if the Leafs can afford losing any more D-men. On a day where the Devils and Bruins won their 13th straight and 17th in 19 games, respectively, you have to wonder where the balance of power sits in the Eastern Conference. We'll ask Nick Kiprios and Jesse Rubinoff. How about Bruins forward Taylor Hall, who will be joining the fray today, the former Edmonton Oiler in the first hour, Kipper in the second hour. We'll also get you set for one of the most anticipated returns in NBA history, and I don't think that's hyperbole. Like, I don't no, think I'm going no over the top. Ben Simmons goes back to Philly live right here on Sportsnet and Sportsnet One. Something tells me Mr. Simmons kind of sort of knows how this is going to go down. Is there any chance in your mind that maybe enough time has passed that it won't be so bad it'll be <laughs> in Philly? Come on now. I know it, I know what's coming. I love the laugh so before good. the reporter can even get the question out of his mouth. So genuine. Oh. I mean, it's there's few things in sports that are better than someone returning back to a place that they left and it ended poorly. So and I will be watching. And some animosity. And some animosity. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Again, Net Sixers on Sportsnet and Sportsnet One, followed by the. Red hot Lakers, yeah, kind of, sort of, without LeBron, mm -hmm. three in a row, AD going to work. They are in Phoenix to take on the Suns tonight. And less than 24 <laughs> hours away from Canada's first game at the World Cup since 1986, they get a wonderful reminder that anything is possible. That's right, Kevin Garnett, anything is possible as we witnessed maybe the greatest upset in the history of of the World Cup earlier this morning. And that's exactly where we begin the festivities. With first things first, we've got Canada, Belgium, Argentina, Saudi Arabia. To quote the great poet, Marshall Bruce Mathers, you only get one shot. So let's shoot a Gabriel Bajestuta. First things first. Is that a tough look for me that I didn't know Bruce was a thing? I didn't know that was his uh, real name. I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Oh, did you? And I, and I hope it's right. Yeah. And I wondered if they would put a middle name because Marshall Mathers runs. It's Eminem. Everyone yeah. knows that. Mm -hmm. But when you say Marshall Bruce yeah. Mathers, it just it's one of those things that stops you dead in your no, tracks. I, I mean, it's probably true. Wikipedia doesn't get enough credit. Everyone used it all throughout college and university. Wikipedia right. is a wonderful resource. Just yes. every once in a while, you got to double check. Double check, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so, yeah, the intro was quick because, let's face it, we got a lot to get to. Yeah, we, we will do. start uh, with some good news out of Qatar where head coach John Herdman said his squad will be at full health for Canada's first game of the World Cup against Belgium tomorrow. So is Stefan Estacchio and Milan Borjan good to go? And, yes, that means Alfonso Davies has recovered from injury in time. Does Alfonso's kind of outward willingness and eagerness to play, does that influence your decision on whether or not to start him? 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, he's clear that he wanted to play, and I think our medical team, you know, we wanted him to play as well, but you've just got to go through the mathematical algorithms that are put in front of you to progress him to top speed, and he hit that, so that was brilliant. He's been in full training, and he's got that big smile back on his face, which is great. Our expectations, we're, you know, we're looking forward to just going out there and you know, um, competing to win every single match we play. And, uh, as I said before, um, you know, we've got a very strong play, uh, team with a, a lot of good players. Um, and we're going to just do what we've been doing. Um, it's going to be a battle in every game we, we play. We're going to fight. We're going to you know, show our brotherhood. And um, you know, we want to put Canada on the map. A lot of the lads, I think we are, we're pinching ourselves. It's, um, it's just real now. It's getting more real by the hour as uh, the first game looms. But yeah, it's been a hell of a journey to get here. Um, gritty, resilient, and hopefully that's, that's what you'll see from us through this, this tournament. Well, they sound ready. They sound ready. They do sound ready. Are you ready? I am absolutely positively ready. And seeing Atiba Hutchison and thinking about his journey to get to wear that captain's armband and be the second oldest player, not keeper, player to mm -hmm. ever set foot on this kind of stage is a wonderful story. And there are wonderful stories littered throughout this team. I will walk down the road of how excited I am a little later on. And this morning, I woke up excited until I went to sportsnet.ca and read a CP story. Can I read from the CP story? And I, there's no name on the CP story other than Canadian press on the byline. But what I read, Jesse, worried me a wee bit, especially mm -hmm. after you and I yesterday talked about the head games with James Sharman that we know John Herbman is one to play. Here's what it said in that story. Davies appeared to hit one of those limits Monday during a warm-up drill when he grimaced and pulled up, seemingly favoring a leg. He returned to the warm-up but looked in visible discomfort for several seconds. Media are allowed to see 15 minutes before training starts for real, and then they are dispatched back to the out-of-view media center on Monday they did it two fields away from the watching reporters who needed the Hubble Space Telescope to see what was going on. <laughs> That's funny. A long camera lens unearthed Davy's moment of pain. This is all we have. The words that you just heard directly quoted from the CP story and that picture that you just saw taken by the Canadian press. Jesse Rubinoff, in this moment, where the, the nation is excited, they are one sleep away. Does that worry you? It worries me, but I, I'm not going to let that affect my readiness and excitement for the match. Wait it, a second. Canada's best player might not be 100%? No, I, I don't think there's any question he's not 100%. When you look right. at soft tissue injuries, this was two weeks ago he was hurt with a hamstring. How many times have we seen athletes push it, come back a little bit too early, and then they're done for, for a while. So I'm, I don't know if I'm expecting him to be injured. You would certainly hope he's not and hope he can get through it. But to expect him to be 100% at this point, I think, is probably wishful thinking. The grimace is, is concerning, but right. we're not, you can't let it dampen. And we're not talking about a McDonald's character. No. No, we're, <laughs> no. we're talking about his face in training. I, I'm with you here. Like, 
I don't know what the extent of the injury was. All we've had is reports ever since and a smidge of training where it looked like he got up to 100%. We've been told, Fonzie himself told, he doesn't look like the type of kid that would lie to us. But I think that John Herdman would. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that John Herdman would do anything that he could to gain some sort of advantage over Belgium. I I think he plays, but I think there's got to be a very close eye on Alfonso Davies in a game that I think Canada can win. Yeah. Oh, that's a big statement. I think that there are parts of this Belgian squad that open up opportunity for what our world-class, fresh, young legs to run at. Now, Kevin De Bruyne, not enough people have talked about him being, I don't know, maybe the best midfielder on planet Earth. Big world out there. Yeah, (laughs) and and some holes in Canada's defense that others have been able to navigate, especially early in games. I think if Canada sticks around, you're going to see that swagger that we saw in qualifying rear its head because they have players that we have seen grow in confidence and be able to run at anyone on planet Earth. So I really think that Canada has a real opportunity in game one against what is the second ranked team in FIFA. I mean, that is why I'm not letting the Davies situation get me down too much because this team is talented They've come too far. They need Davies to beat Belgium. Yeah, yes. Davies at 85. Davies at 85%. Obviously, we say this with the knowledge that Canada are absolutely huge dogs going into game one. But, but kids, they can take wonderful inspiration from what (laughs) happened while most of the world, or at least our side of it, was asleep earlier this morning. This is Argentina and Saudi Arabia. Sixth minute, Argentina corner. This is Leandro Perdiz, dragged down in the area. VAR has a look, determines penalty. Lionel Messi in what could be his final World Cup, puts it away, third straight World Cup with a goal. 1-0 Argentina, it's over, right? Hold up. A 27th minute, through ball. Lutaro Martinez chips the keeper. VAR, another look. How about this? Just offside, no goal. 48th minute, long ball. Salah Sheri. Salah El Sheri. Saudi Arabia level at one and they kept coming. Salim Al-Dosrahi praying to the gods indeed. Not only a wonderful strike, but a game winner as Saudi Arabia ends Argentina's 36-match unbeaten run. 2-1 the final. Jesse Rubinoff, an unbelievable one early this morning in Canada. Yeah, I mean, so so everybody in the Eastern time zone, like everybody else, I woke up to that result shocked. Uh, Can you do me and us a favor and put into context just how big of an upset that is on the world stage. Let me give you some stats Mm. before I get to how big the actual upset is, but the upset on the pitch was massive as well. Saudi Arabia had 31% of the possession. Argentina had 69%. Somewhere Rob Gronkowski is smiling. The shots were 50 
15 to 3 for Argentina. Do you know how many shots on target Saudi Arabia had in this game? Tell me. Two. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many goals they scored? Mm -hmm. Two. Do you know what the expected goals was? This is analytics, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Expected goals for Argentina, 2.26. Expected goals for Saudi Arabia, 0.15. It's efficiency. Argentina completely good. and utterly dominated this game from start to finish, and mm -hmm. what they got from it was zero. Amazing. Nothing, nada, kaput. This might be the biggest upset in the history of the World Cup. Others that I wrote down, uh, France lost 1-0 to Senegal in 2002. By the way, they were knocked out in the group stage in that tournament. Uh, South Korea beat Italy 2-1 in the round of 16. Korea went on to the semis at home. And the other one that I would throw in there is Cameroon beating Argentina in 1990. It was a 1-0 start for Argentina, losing to Raja Mila and Cameroon. They still went on to the final, but made it through the group as the, the lucky loser. The third place team in the group, but still went on to the final. Spain went on to a final after losing the first game in a World Cup. Yep. So it's still possible, but man, what an achievement for Saudi Arabia. Uh, their fans enjoyed it, yeah, to say the least. Without a doubt. All Nash over social media, there's fans going crazy everywhere. Fans ripping doors off of their handles. So why don't we just uh, go through a couple of the videos here of fans celebrating. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Keep an eye on the top of the screen there, and you'll see that that door is gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Hopefully it wasn't a hotel room. And what sucks is that it's a national holiday, so one of those dudes is going to have to fix that door. They have declared a national holiday tomorrow, so one of these dudes is going to have to fix that door as they tore it off the hinges. Saudi Arabia, obviously, with one of the greatest upsets we have ever seen. And I can't go this far without mentioning uh, that The Guardian has thrown up a headline about one Lionel Messi. Mm -hmm. After one game of your 2022 World Cup, Lionel Messi's international career has never felt closer <laughs> to oblivion. It's dramatic. It's, I mean, it, it's dramatic, but also you just said it was potentially the biggest upset in the history of the World Cup. Fraud. Right. And did we get? Fraud. Did we go back to Fraud. our friend Sid Sixero, who when he said that and took all the heat for saying that Lionel Messi's Fraud international career was a fraud do we go back there once again even though since Sid said that he has won a Copa America uh, wait a couple days wait he can still make it all right Argentina, Argentina praying for help in their group let's get to the rest of the highlights in group C Mexico taking on Poland mm. in that group C matchup and as mentioned Praying for the draw, and this one is Robert Lewandowski, who didn't score in three games at the 2018 World Cup, looking for more this time around. 54th minute, Hector Moreno grabs Lewandowski by the jersey, pulls him down, VAR checks again. Poland awarded a penalty, and the captain looking for his first World Cup goal ever, his stop, Guillermo Choa. Guesses right, makes a wonderful save, and stymies one of the 
greatest goal scorers of our generation held off the board for a fourth straight World Cup match. Mexico, Poland split points. They get one apiece and somewhere Argentina a little sigh of relief. Meanwhile, Group D, France and Australia. France was actually down 1-0 to the Socceroos when Theo Hernandez crosses into the area. Adrian Rabiot heads it home. Then Rabiot cuts into the area, finds Olivier Giroud. The 36-year-old becomes the oldest French player to score at a World Cup, passing Zinedine Zidane. They're not done there. 68-minute Kylian Mbappe off the post and in. He has 12 goals in his last 11 for country. 3-1 France, not done there. Mbappe cross-finds Giroud. How about a brace for Giroud? 51st goal for France, tying Thierry Henry for the most all-time. France off on the right foot. They take it from the Socceroos for one year final there. All right, more Group C this time, Denmark and Tunisia. Issam Jambali tries to tip Kasper Schmeichel and that close. Just a hand of it, we were nil-nil at the break. 70th minute Denmark corner, Andreas Christensen wins the header. Andreas Cornelius misses what looked like a wide open header. Still scoreless, then Christian Eriksen throws in across. Here's to hit the hand of a Tunisian defender. Denmark looking for the penalty. VAR says no, that's not a handball in the area. VAR continues to mystify on this the third day of matches at the World Cup. This one also ends in a nil-nil draw. So Jesse, from the rest of the action mm -hmm. outside of Saudi Arabia and Argentina, what jumps out to you? Yeah, just France. Down early, I thought it was going to be one of the crazier days we've ever seen in World Cup history. Should have known better. Yeah, the class really just good. took over. Yeah, yeah, it just, looked unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, listen, the last three defending champs haven't looked good. Uh, in fact, they've been eliminated in the group stage after winning the previous World Cup. Italy in 2006, Spain in 2010, mm -hmm. Germany in 2014. France for a smidgen, smidgen, looked like they might be following in that. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, even with injuries to Pogba and Benzema, there's yeah. so much class on the field for France. They get it done. Soccer ruse, more like soccer lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. It's a dad joke. Very good. Uh, All right, so that's the action today and again. Canada tomorrow. Jim Brennan is going to join us a little later on. We will walk down the road of Canada, maybe even look at a starting 11. All right, so no trouble for France on this day. Some trouble for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. An overtime loss to the New York Islanders 3-2. It's their league-leading fifth OT loss of the season, but a more concern Certainly, their best defenseman, Morgan Riley, injured. And today it was announced that Riley is going on long-term injured reserve with a knee injury. A massive blow to the team, Timmy. How are they going to cope their way through this? Uh, no idea. No idea. They've already had numerous injuries on that blue line. And I will say this. I thought that Brody and Muzzin were enough to throw this team into a really tough spot. Mm -hmm. And they had responded. And listen... Morgan Riley's another piece of this. We obviously know that if you were to lay out the Leafs roster, that would be 
three of their top four defensemen yeah, it's wild. on the IR. It's going to be really tough, but I'll say this. In November, I thought they were in deep caca. They responded. We'll see how they do it without Morgan Riley, but this might be the stiffest test mm-hmm. of the Kyle Dubas-Sheldon Keefe era outside of the playoffs. Yeah, no okay. question. I mean, it's not good, uh, but if you're looking for silver linings, maybe you learn a thing or two about Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren, whether they can really <laughs> yeah. be top well, four They're going to have to, yes. They right. are going yes. to have to uh, step up in a big way for this team. Uh, another Canadian team that was uh, in action last night, the Canucks, gave up another lead last night, yeah. Timmy Vancouver. Do you think they have to do something uh, about the, the consistency in giving up leads and losing. Yeah, I mean, it's getting ugly right now, and I know that uh, 13% of the games in the NHL this year have seen um, comebacks, Mm -hmm. multiple goal comebacks. They are happening way more often than they have in the past, but this team, you know, we knew going in that if it didn't go well, given the offseason and given what Bruce Boudreaux was in for, that he was in trouble. The rest is the, the rest of the roster. Yeah. And I think that fans of the Vancouver Canucks look at this. They look at their odds in the draft lottery. They look at what they've gone through, I don't know, since inception and say, I'm good with it. Most people, I, I sat here and asked Kevin Mickey whether or not all fans were good with a rebuild in Vancouver people reached out to me en masse and said, we're good with the rebuild. Whether or not they'll buy tickets for the rebuild, different story altogether, but they are in for the rebuild. It'll be real interesting to see what happens over the next little while. Guys like Luke Shen, Mm -hmm. guys like Bo Horvat, and and on and on and on. Are they going to be moved? Those are the only questions that I have in Vancouver. Who and when? Talk to Kipper about it later. We will still to come. Nick Caprio stopping by for his Tuesday visit as we go around the league and do a little smoke or fire. Some rumors. We'll see if Kipper has the insight. The Bruins' Taylor Hall will join me on the team's incredible start to the season. And after the break, we are under 24 hours away from Canada. Kick it off in the World Cup. Jimmy Brennan will stop by. That's all coming up on this edition of Tim and Friends. Thank you for coming. You are great. I love it. So this is certainly a hot ticket. Ben Simmons here against the 76ers. Yeah, I can't worry about you know everyone's feelings. At the end of the day, it's not. I'm not here to make everybody happy. Coming into a game like this, we don't have a great amount to lose. Just genuine opportunity. We're gonna fight. We're gonna you know, show our brotherhood, and um, you know we want to put Canada on the map. It was June of 2021, almost a year and a half ago. I sat in this very seat, this very desk, and I told you that this was the dawn of a new era in Canadian soccer, that the men who lived what felt like a cursed life since 1986 were ready to take that next step. They were on the verge of some really big things. That speech was followed by a... Less than inspiring 1-0 win in Haiti that had me sweating a wee bit. That turned into a three-cob drubbing in the return leg and a trip to the octagon. It seems almost absurd now that this celebration that you're about to see was for getting past Haiti and simply gaining entrance into the final eight of CONCACAF.
it seems absurd only because of how far they have come since. I mean, who would have known that what would follow that night at SeatGeek Stadium in the greater Chicagoland area would become a legendary journey filled with the type of moments that would not only make the rest of CONCACAF pay attention, Oh, so good! Eventually, it would also make the hair on the back of your neck stand at attention. Davies takes it away. 2v1. Alfonso Davies keeps it himself. Goal! Alfonso Davies, are you kidding me? Good ball, touchdown! Person alert, Uncle Timmy promised you the dawn of a new era. And the beauty is, that new era is already upon us. Those moments are etched forever. Just getting to a World Cup is an achievement. Ask around. Italy, Russia, Nigeria, Colombia, all watching while kids from Canada wave our flag on the biggest stage. That's right. Our flag. Listen, I have always loved and embraced the diversity of our home and native land. Talking to folks about where their family is from is something I cherish. But no longer do we have to wave our parents' flag at the greatest sporting event in the world. We have our own. And the beauty is, those flags of our parents and our grandparents and our parents' grandparents are still represented. Look, look at this cobbled together group of faces and names that has come to represent our flag just as much as maple syrup and poutine. From Atacube to Ugbo, from Cavallini and Osorio, from Tejon and Atiba to Milan and Alistair, Waterman and Wertherspoon, Pantamis and Miller to Vittoria and Junior. Sure, they rep for their heritage. We all do. They also rep for the red and white and have for years. I am 17 years old and I play for the men's national team and I'm a proud Canadian citizen. And my dream is to someday compete in the World Cup. Aye, Fonzie, that day has come. That day, my friend, has come. And it has come for all of us. So from Kamal and Liam, Ishmael and Samuel, to all of you, from Newfoundland and Labrador to Yukon and all points in between, be proud. Enjoy the icing. Enjoy the understanding that they represent us. All of us. And guys, as you get set for Wednesday afternoon, depending on what part of the country you're in, remember... Joining me in studio is a man who wore the rouge. 
of Canada, Jim Brennan. Uh, it feels like today is anything possible day, right? Like, you watch what happened earlier today, Saudi Arabia, Argentina. Right. There hasn't been a ball kicked for Canada. It just feels like the, the feel-good moment before it all gets going. You feel like there's hope, yeah. especially after watching Saudi Arabia today beat Argentina. I mean, nobody in a million years would have thought that. And that messed up an awful lot of pools as well, by the way, including <laughs> yeah. mine. Yeah. So I'm not happy with oh, that. Oh, is, is that what happened here? <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it feels like there are some games being played. John Herbman, not averse to the mental games, declares the dark clouds have moved on. Then someone uses some super camera where it looks like Alfonso Davies <laughs> is grimacing. Like, is this just all part of the game that is the world's largest sporting stage for sure yeah. i think he's just thirsty there he's doing maybe he's, he's working on his celebration <laughs> i mean apparently he's he's fine he's raring to go and i think we're one of the lucky squads in this world cup at the moment where we seem to have everybody ready to play right um and everybody's available for selection which is amazing um and not too many squads actually have that in this world cup and you've seen even today a couple yeah. of players dropping again especially with france lucas hernandez and left back dropped out so we're we're in a good spot right now, and I'm I'm actually very confident going into this match. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, knock, I'll, on I'll knock on yeah, I'll knock on the wood here. Okay, so uh, we asked you before the show, and I'll ask you now: What do you see as the eleven that will hit the pitch to start for Canada? My eleven, I'm going to go with uh, Boren. Then I'm going to have Miller, Victoria, Johnson, Adakubi. I'll have uh, Buchanan, Hoylet. Hutchinson, Estacchio, Davis, and David. Did I miss one? Nope. I think you nailed all of them. And that, that's me if we're going to go with a 3-4-3. Right. Now, we could end up going with a 4-4-2. And maybe if Davis plays on the, uh, Davis plays on the left, right. then maybe Hoylet comes out and maybe Lauren goes up top right. with David. So whether he's going to go with a 4-4-2 or he's going to go 3-4-3, we don't know because the last match that they played, they actually changed the formation halfway through. Right. Right? right, so it's going to be interesting to see what what he's going to go with. But I think with the majority of the, of the players that I just mentioned there, they're all going to start, and I think it's going to be between Lauren and Hoylet, who will be the. Did the I was one just going to ask you that? Did did Junior Hoylet's performance against Japan put him in your final eleven? For he game he one? actually did. I thought his service and delivery was was first class. It was absolutely amazing. Apart from one. Everything else was, was absolutely perfect. And that's, that's your job too, right? right. When, you, when you're on set plays and you're putting the ball into the box, you've got to give every opportunity for your strikers and defenders, whoever's in there, a chance to get on the end of that ball. Right. And when the games are tight and it's nil-nil, it could take one free kick and good delivery and someone to get on the end of it, and that wins you a game. So I think a lot of the times people forget just how important set plays are. And if you've got somebody that's got service and delivery such as Junior – I think you've got to play him. And I thought not just for his set plays, but overall I thought his, his whole performance was, was spot on in that match. Without a doubt. He, he was definitely distributing. He was living up to that 10 that was on his back in that game against Japan. The, the beautiful thing about what you just said is that you've got Kyle Lahren available off your bench. You've got Richie Larea available. The, the, the difference when I came out here a couple of years ago and said what I said, there's a dawn of a new era, yeah. it was because of the guys that I was seeing come off the bench. Like Mark Anthony Kay was coming off the bench against Haiti or against uh, Seychelles. And I was like, what, what the that's an MLS all-star yeah. coming off the bench. Like, when would we have ever had that in our history? And when I see 
your 11 and see like Richie Larea. Okay, it didn't work out in England for him, but he is a real player on a real team in the MLS. Kyle Larin plays on a big side in Europe. Like these are things that we never would have thought. No, 100%. But it, it shows you that our, our player pool is getting bigger now. Yeah. And we are developing players. And I think it helps as well, you know, with Major League Soccer, the growth of, the, of that league. Yep. The Canadian Premier League now, we're, now we're giving doubt. opportunities for young Canadians to come in. Mm-hmm. And for me, when you, when you look at this national team squad, and just the players that you mentioned, Richie Larea can come off the bench and he can change a game. Yep. Lauren can come off the bench and he can change a game. And that's what you want as a manager. If you can get players that can come off the bench and change the game, mm-hmm. you're delighted. And he's, I mean, John Herman right now having a healthy squad and some of these players could easily start. So he's got his hands full trying to figure out which, which players he's going to go with. All right, does Canada, as I said off the top of the show, have a real shot here or am I living in dreamland? I think they've got a shot. Now, when you say got a shot, do you mean getting out of this group? No, I mean against Belgium in game one. And, I, think, I think, yeah, they do. And yeah. I, if you look at Belgium as well, their last, last two games, they, they lost against Egypt, they lost against Holland as well. They're... Their defenders are getting older now, right. right? A little bit slower. They're playing in the Belgian league. So for me, with our pace and power going forward and how dynamic we are, we're going to cause problems. And we'll definitely be looking to score goals. Now, we might win a match 4-3 or whatever. We're going to concede. Mm-hmm. But we'll definitely have our opportunities. And, and I do kind of fancy us to get something out of this game. Yeah, I, I like the young legs against that yeah. defense. But I also know there's a guy named Kevin De Bruyne on the other side. Is that the best midfielder on planet Earth? Oh, by far. He's just, he's by just, far. he's by just, far he, with a groan. He's, he's just, he's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, he's one of those players that you just love to watch. Right. right? And even though you, you might not be a Man City fan or you might not be a Belgian fan, but you've got to appreciate the talent that the man has. Mm-hmm. And he is such a good player and, and he can change a game uh, in, in a heartbeat. And he's always a player that you've got to watch. Left-footed, right-footed. He can go box-to-box. He takes players on. He sees the game so well. So how so, does Canada stop him? I don't know. That's a good question. Great follow-up. Very good follow-up. All I'm thinking is you throw a couple men at him. Oh, and then I, you, I, does, I, does the loss of Lukaku allow you to – and listen, I'm not – I know Mishi Bashway can score goals. I'm not trying to yeah. rip him in any shape. Like he, he's a guy that plays in Turkey, Fenerbahce. He's good. He's not Lukaku. Yeah. He doesn't have the same sort of uh, of, of rep, uh, rapport that Lukaku and De Bruyne seem to have. Can that allow Canada to maybe throw a different look at De Bruyne than they might have if Lukaku was playing? I think they're they're going to have to find ways to to contain him. I mean, you, you know he's definitely going to be getting on the ball. He's going to be making some terrific passes. He's going to make something happen in the match, right? That's inevitable. Right. But what Canada's got to do is just try to limit those opportunities that he's going to get. Right. Um, and that's where you've got to be aware of him on that pitch at all times. And it's not just our central midfielders. It's mm-hmm. Everybody's got to be aware of where he is on the pitch because he likes to drift. He'll drift out of position just to find his little pockets to get on the ball. Right. And you're right, that chemistry that he has with Lukaku mm-hmm. was very, very good. And Lukaku's a, he's a beast up top. Yeah, he's so doubt. powerful in and around the box. He can post up and pin, pin defenders in. But, you know, he, he'll still find other ways to be successful and, and bring players into a game. Who will score Canada's first goal at the World Cup? Uh, I'm going to say Jonathan David. Speaking of predictions, nice, Jesse. Nice, Did you say Timmy. that as well? No, I didn't, but we have a giveaway, and that's why hashtag TF predict is number seven trending in Canada at this very moment. We are giving away a hoodie 
a special edition I'm a Friend hoodie. If you correctly pick the score and result of Canada and Belgium tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time, you have to include hashtag TFPredict. Like I said, in the case of multiple correct picks, we will choose a winner at random because friends of the show are, are kind of smart. And oftentimes we and get multiple tough. winners. Yeah. Soccer is tough. Yeah, yeah. soccer is so going to be really one tough. Nil, two, two nil. Yeah. Two There's one. not a lot of, not a lot of difference. <laughs> no yeah. Good luck so, with that. So yeah. a great modeling by uh, by Timmy there. As you see Did it. you see I'm the stance friend. in the picture? It was like kind of a power pose. I don't yeah, know if you was, noticed yeah, that. Yeah, it was. It's I kind of think, sort of awkward too. Yeah. Why are my legs so I think so you were far, trying to make it seem like you were wearing the sweatshirt, but looks like you're going down in a nice sweater. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Someone's coming in, and I'm ready to defend. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, we'll see Jim and the rest of the crew each and every day breaking down every game right here on Sportsnet. On the other side, the Bruins have been on fire to start the season. 17 wins from their first 19 games to sit atop the NHL. Bruins forward Taylor Hall joins us next to discuss that start in a cool project that he's involved with with our friends at Rogers. Coming up after the break, it's Taylor Hall on Tim and Friends. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, man. That was fun. Taylor Hall has found his game. What's been the key to your hot start? Hall joins the play. Pasternak to Hall and he scores! Rebound free. They score! Taylor Hall! Hall ran over. Mark Giordano, he doesn't like getting knocked down twice by Hall. Taylor Hall has been reborn in a Bruins uniform. It's going to be a fun night. Hall scores! The Bruins win! Full scan in the show last night, including the Bruins taking a 5-3 victory over Tampa to improve to an incredible 17-2 on the season. As you saw, our next guest is a member of the Bruins and a former Hart Trophy winner. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Taylor Hall back to Tim and Friends. Hey, thanks for jumping on, Taylor. Thank you for having me. 17-2. Uh, is, is this as good a stretch as you've been a part of in the National Hockey League? Yeah, without a question, it's been um, it's been an amazing run. We've uh, we've had a lot of fun as a team, and um, you know we came into training camp in the year with high hopes, and and this has kind of smashed it out of the park. But we're trying to take it day by day and game by game, and and know that we're going to get every team's best. Um, that was certainly the case last night in Tampa. They they outplayed us for stretches of the game, but. Um, with some really good plays and good goaltending, we were able to come up with a win, and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. What's been the key to the first 19 in your eyes? Um, I mean, we've we've overcome some injuries. That was the biggest thing at the start of the year was was being able to play without uh, Marshy and, and McAvoy and Grizzlick. Um, I would just say, I mean, goaltending is, has been a big part of it, but we've we stayed in the moment. We've kind of taken it. It day by day and um, we haven't gotten too ahead of ourselves you know we win two or three games in a row we're we're not um, you know we're not too ahead of ourselves by any means we we just try and take it uh, um, you know one game at a time keep improving on on what our coach is preaching and, and it's been a really good fit so far nice and last night Patrice Bergeron I have to bring it up it's a thousand points just the fourth Bruin ever to do it which is impressive enough but you throw in the what like five selkies into the mix like how special a player is he it's amazing um to, to score that many points and um to be as dominant as he is uh in his defensive end it's 
it's incredible to watch. Um, he's so smart on the ice. He reads plays very well, and then he's able to uh, to be so effective in the offensive zone as well. Um, it's a credit to him and, and his preparation. And um, not only that, he's he's an amazing leader in our room and and uh, a good friend to all of us. So it's been a pleasure to play with him. I think we 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 can all say we're lucky to be his teammates. And last night, it was nice to to show him some love and. Um, we had a good time after the game and on the plane, just uh, just celebrating him, him getting a thousand points. It was uh, it was a great night. How do you, how do you celebrate 1K? Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, we we have a few songs that that the team is is vibing off of right now. So a little dance party in in the dressing room after the game <laughs> and um, on the plane and then on the bus bus ride from from the plane to the hotel. So uh, that was a lot of fun. We. Uh, uh, we just wanted to celebrate him, and you know, when when he gets going, when he gets in a good mood, and um, he can be pretty infectious. So it was. Uh, it, we all planned it. You know, when he scored a thousand, we were all going to rush onto the ice. We would have loved for it to been uh, been in Boston, but last night it was uh, it was a great moment. Are you allowed to share what any of the songs are? Or would that break a code? Uh, no, it's one of them's called "Dancing on My Own" by Robin. It's it's an older song. It's, yeah. a, it's a dance song and. <laughs> Um, the other one that we love playing is is actually I, I don't know who it's by, but it's France's 2018 World Cup anthem. Um, a, a French rapper made a song involving all the players' names. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's awesome. There's a video of him singing it with all the players at, at a stadium in in um, France, Chris, yeah. and uh, so we play that before every game. So I'd say those two songs. Uh, we had a good little thing going last that, night. That's hilarious. My wife uses the. She's a French teacher, and she uses the song to teach her kids French. So I have heard that song numerous. In fact, my son will rifle it off, and sometimes puts it on his game tape before his game. That's amazing that you just said. Yeah, it's, it's a banger. It's a good. <laughs> it song. It is very catchy. All right, I know you're a part of the Team Rogers Community Draft Program that uh, offers youth players. Uh, the opportunity to receive mentorship from actual NHL players and the chance to receive money to help them pay for league fees. And it's free to join at rogers.com slash get drafted. Why is it important to you to see that kids are given these type of opportunities? Yeah, mentorship's a huge thing. Um, you know, I, I give a lot of my success, uh, especially early on as a youth hockey player to my coaches. Um, I have some buddies that are coaches right now and it's uh, you know, it's not like they get paid a lot for their time, um, but for them to be able to go and and uh, and be mentors for these kids and, and share their their knowledge of the game and just growing up, um, that was huge for me. Um, they spent a lot of time with us and, and time that they probably could have used elsewhere. So um, for kids to have mentors, whether they have one at home or not, it's um, it's always a great thing. All right, I know Pops played some Canadian football, a bit of an athlete. Was he your mentor for hockey, or did he stick to, to football or baseball? He was definitely my mentor for hockey. Um, he's still a, someone that I talk hockey with every day. Um, we chat on the phone briefly before every game, and it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm getting close to, I think, 800 games now, and, and we, so we've done it close to 800 times, and been through some highs and lows in my career and and my dad's always been there as long as well as my mom um so it's awesome to go through this journey with with them and being able to have someone to talk to and and uh, a mentor like that i consider myself lucky 
Again, rogers.com slash get drafted. There's a chance at a virtual and in-person hockey experiences as well. So, so let me take you back uh, at a time when you're maybe uh, Northeast Canucks and Bantam or, or the greater Kingston Predators. Who was the guy that you would have loved to get on a Zoom call with or even get on the ice with and pick their brain? Um, my guy growing up in Calgary was Joe McGinley. Um, I thought Makes he was sense. a great role model for, you know, the way he played. He played hard. He played the right way. He scored a lot of goals, obviously, but he seemed like a great guy off the ice. He was always smiling, obviously the captain of the Flames and did a lot in the community. Um, and I got a chance to line up with him. My first, one of my first exhibition games, that was like my NHL, welcome to the NHL moment uh, for me. Uh, but that would have been someone I would have loved to talk to. Uh, I, I got a chance to have dinner with them uh, early on in my career, and it, it didn't disappoint. So uh, it's great to look up to these players and, and to uh, to meet these guys that you've looked up to is, is a, kind of a dream come true. And somebody can. Rogers.com slash get drafted. Hey, before I let you go, I, I've heard a few people question your Bruins staying power. I know yesterday... Uh, started a run of 10 games, eight coming against playoff teams. Is is this the kind of opportunity that you relish in a moment like this? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think before yesterday, the next seven teams that we play, I don't know if, if there's more after that, but you could see all of them, you know, having cup aspirations and, and teams that will want to go far in the playoffs by the end of the year. So, we're looking forward to this challenge to, to kind of solidify what we've done so far this season. Um, there's going to be some hard games on the road, at home, in different environments. So um, this is kind of what we've been leading up to, and it's up to us to uh, to prove our mettle here. All right. I'm, I'm, I was trying desperately. Is this it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is hilarious. I hear this way too often. Good song. Good Good song. song. (laughs) Yeah, it is a banger. It's a catchy tune. Uh, Appreciate you do this. Um, Very, very grateful that you you took some time and a busy schedule and a great time for the team. Uh, So thanks again for dropping by. All right. Thanks for having me. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Hall again. Rogers.com slash get drafted to sign up. And everyone who does has a chance at those great experience. And everyone, period, gets a Team Rogers toque. Once again, write it down. Rogers.com slash get drafted. Got it good and since you understood. Coming up on this edition of Tim and Friends, Nick Kiprios will drop by the studio. We'll get his thoughts on the latest Leafs injury. Morgan Riley hits the LTIR, plus Oilers, Flames, Canucks, all coming up, and maybe even a little smoke of fire with Kipper next. And now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and Friends of the show. Thank you very much, Team Dogs. Back here, one final half hour on Tim and Friends. Nick Kiprios in studio momentarily ahead of Hockey Central, which comes your way 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. Plus, we'll discuss Ben Simmons' return to Philly in game time. But first, let's catch up. Uh, get you caught up to date on the latest from the World Cup, about 20 hours away from Canada's 
World Cup opener against Belgium. Sounds like good news on Alfonso Davies as he hopes to start. Here's John Herdman earlier today. Does Alfonso's kind of outward willingness and eagerness to play, does that influence your decision on whether or not to start him? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, he's clear that he wanted to play and I think our medical team, you know, we wanted him to play as well, but you've just got to go through the mathematical algorithms that are put in front of you to progress him to top speed and he hit that, so that was brilliant. He's been in full training and he's got that big smile back on his face, which is great. We'll see you tomorrow. Speaking of earlier today, four games, the World Cup starting with Saudi Arabia taking on Argentina. Of course, this is a walk away for Argentina, right? Messi, after a penalty was called by VAR, third straight World Cup with a goal. 1-0 Argentina, they are on their way. 10 minutes into the game. However, 48th minute long ball finds Salah El Shari. Low shot beats Martinez and Saudi Arabia's level, but it's over after that, right? Nope. Look at this. Salam Al Deswari. Wonderful strike. Martinez can't get enough. That's your game winner. Saudi Arabia with maybe the biggest upset in World Cup history. They take down Argentina 2-1, your final group D action. France against Australia. France trying to avoid the same fate. And Olivier Giroud goes in for the injured Kareem Benzema. And they were down 1-0, were France, but they marched back. Giroud with an easy tap in. 36-year-old becomes the oldest French player to score at a World Cup, passing Zinedine Zidane in his wonderful haircut. 2-1 France, 71st minute, Kylian Mbappe again. Giroud has a brace this time off the top of his wonderfully coiffed head. Ties Thierry Henry for the most all-time for Les Bleus, France. Rebound from a 1-0 deficit with four unanswered to take it 4-0. Elsewhere, uh, Robert Lewandowski missed a penalty as Poland drew Mexico 0-0, as did Denmark and Tunisia. Got it good, and since you understood, we roll on at this 6 o'clock edition of Tim and Friends with more bad news for the Toronto Maple Leafs on the injury front. Morgan Riley was placed on LTIR with a knee injury, reportedly expected to miss four to six weeks. He was hurt in a collision with Kyle Palmieri last night, and he joins Jake Muzzin and TJ Brody among Leaf defensemen out long term. Are you a better team when you have Morgan Riley, you know, TJ Brody or Jake Muzzin in the lineup? Of course you're a better team, but it's not the first time a team has dealt with injuries to key players. It's not the first time our team has dealt with injuries to key players. And each time we've responded well, won games, played even better defensively than we were when we had all these guys in the lineup. So just continue to play a good sound team game and find ways to win. Good sound team game. Just two games in the NHL tonight as one Canadian team hits the ice. It is the Habs hosting the Sabres. Buffalo has lost eight straight games. Of note in this one, Arbor Jack Ice scratch for the Canadians. Joel Armia, Jordan Harris, Chris Weidman all drawing in for the Habs against the Sabres. Joining me in studio is one half of Real Kipper and Born. Sportsnet. 
590 of the fan on YouTube. It is Nick Kiprios. What's going on, Kiprios? So you're telling me if uh, Argentina lost today, there's a chance for that Leaf Blue Line to beat New Jersey uh, tomorrow night uh, yeah, yeah. and stop their winning streak. I, I hadn't even thought about Okay, so three of the top four <laughs> defensemen are out for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Maybe you can cobble something together to compete with teams out there. But it's the New Jersey Devils, the first team they face, maybe the fastest team in the NHL. It's remarkable, to be quite honest with you. Like, you know, there's, there's this, the, the thought that you've lost for so long that you could stockpile draft picks and good players. But usually you don't see that this type of progression mm-hmm. from one year to the next. And uh, I, I do believe that Lindy Ruff has him uh, uh, in a good place right now. And I don't necessarily see him dropping off the face of the earth anytime soon here but you know what do they need from here on in 500 hockey and lock in a playoff spot okay so let me ask you about them or the boston bruins who do you have more faith in moving forward well you can say both uh, just the experience alone i I think that uh, at some point the young kids are going to feel it and uh and probably uh um you know sit back a little bit because of that lack of experience but uh you certainly think that the boston bruins uh, with all that uh, Stanley Cup pedigree, uh, still some of the most dynamic mm-hmm. players in the league, Marchand, Pasternak. I'll tell you, though, what the biggest difference maker for the Boston Bruins are, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Hempis Lindholm. You don't find these guys. Give them full credit. When he was on the table mm-hmm. last year at the trade deadline, uh, they made the commitment. And... Go back and revisit what they paid for him. Yeah. You know, a, a, a first-round pick, uh, and then they committed what six and a half million to him. The guy's playing 24 minutes a night, and it looks like it's a walk in the park for this guy. That to me has been the difference maker for the Boston Bruins. He's plus 20 in 19 games. It's almost <laughs> a point a game. Boston Bruins. And uh, you know, you, you lost Chara, that, that yep. pedigree, that superstar. That they, horse. Go, they go and get another horse. Yeah. And that's the difference right now between them, the Leafs, and any other team having the guts to go out and make that trade. Okay, we're gonna walk down the road of trading for a defenseman and a little thing we call smoke or fire coming up. Yeah. Let's let's just talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs in the here and the now. You you lose three of your top four defensemen. Yeah. Like I, I will give them credit, and I said this off the top of the show. I thought November was going to be really hard without Muzzin and without Brody. Yeah. And they've played pretty well. How different is it now with Morgan Riley? Yeah, it, it, this is the guy that uh, runs that whole blue line. And at times I think he's been guilty of over-trying because he looks behind him and doesn't see a ton of support. And then there's the fact that you got to keep up with the Joneses or should I say the Marners and the Matthews on the, on the rush, and he gets caught sometimes. Um, but he is, he is their number one defenseman. He is their number one quarterback. And uh, this one's going to sting for, for the next six weeks. Uh, I, they don't have it. Uh, Kyle was worried about his blue line with Morgan Riley. I can only imagine what the phone calls are like today without him until after Christmas. Okay, we'll do it with smoke and fire. Uh, yesterday I showed a board about the record that the Oilers had since Jay Woodcoff took over. And I did the research, and the Oilers were third in the National Hockey League. Also on that board, three of the top five teams were in Canada since February 11th of last year. It was the Oilers, it was the Flames, and it was the Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs. I'm hearing concern out of every one of those fan bases right yeah. now. I'm trying to say relax, given what is a pretty big sample size. 
Are you concerned about one of those teams more than, say, the others, <laughs> even though they're three of the top five teams since February 11th? Well, I think for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, yeah. uh, the fact that, uh, that that blue line has never been looked upon as uh, one that can truly compete. Now you've lost your number one shut get down guy. You don't anticipate him coming back. So uh, I think the first thought is to use that money to go get, it, uh, get him replaced. Mm -hmm. Morgan Riley should be back. Brody should be back. But now there might be a window here in the next six weeks, the difference between now being comfortably in a top three position in the Atlantic Division mm -hmm. or maybe even fighting for, for a spot, not knowing again what kind of goaltending, consistent goaltending you're going to get as well. So I, I think there's concerns right across the country. Uh, some people in Calgary believe that this isn't a better team than they, they had last year. Right. Uh, and, and we know the hype off of the, the replacement players were coming in and Certainly, it's not giving them the start that they've wanted. Um, and is there concern about Markstrom and the consistency to, to be and look like a... They could a, use a blue liner, too. A, a number one goal. Up, yeah, a lot liner. of... Yeah. Hey, go, go down the list here. The Caps really uh, hamstrung a lot of teams, uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't be aggressive or, or certainly creative to go out there and help your club. All right, when, when did the changes come in Vancouver? I mean, another multi-goal loss last night. That one seemed to be... Um, as disappointing as any. You know, I'm here every Tuesday, and we're, this is like a recurring <laughs> theme here. Uh, Run the tape back? Momentarily? Yeah. Did anything buzz yet? <laughs> no, right. not yet. Bruce Boudreaux's still there, but uh, I, I don't know where you begin, to be quite honest with right. you, even if they were able to replace him. And, you know, I don't know, Rick Tosca. they got to trading gonna, players, you're, you're, too, don't they? Like, But I there's, mean, no, there's no trades in November or December. But why not? You were talking about every team in the national. Because just teams aren't ready to make that commitment. And you know when you're talking about a Bo Horvat, and all indications are that he is getting dealt. Right. So who's in a position right now to welcome Bo Horvat? I'll give you a team right now that okay, would. But what about a Tyler Meyer? Okay, sorry. I was yeah, just going to yeah. say, I'll give you a team right yeah. now like the Washington Capitals. They're in dire need of a, a top centerman. Yeah. Where are you with uh, Nicholas Backstrom? As soon as you can figure out that mm. he's, he's not in the plans, he can't recover off of his surgery, then you're going to go out and you're going to push for Bo Horvat. Right. But you're not going to do that uh, till after the Christmas, New Year's. I was thinking about Tyler Myers, maybe a Luke Shen off of that Canucks team. But listen. The, the other thing, too, is they have value, and, but you want to create – a higher value yeah, and there is no market right now so all you're gonna do uh, is shortchange yourself on some of your players all right uh, we conclude our Tuesdays with Kipper with a little thing we call smoke or fire now I'm a I'm a firm believer that when you smell smoke <laughs> you have to investigate it and Kipper is here to tell me if the smoke I smell is smoke or there's actual fire here yeah. hence the name smoke or fire you good Kipper I'm good all right let's start with the trade market, and as we mentioned, a lot of folks talking D. Smoke or fire, John Klingberg is a fit for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I would say probably smoke. Uh, he's, got, he's got $7 million, yeah. so you're, you, you can't fit that in. Uh, to get a Klingberg probably at, at the trade deadline, uh, you're going to have to invite uh, a second team to maybe pick up a, uh, a portion of that. Or do you pay a premium yet again um, for for uh, Anaheim to pick up 3.5 million of that contract? Right. But we know what the price was for any team that wanted, uh, you know, to pick up 
Marlowe's contract. That was a first rounder at six and a half million. So at three and a half, do you want to throw them another uh, third round pick? Uh, and just Starting just to run out of picks, just eh? to shave half of that contract off. That's the deal. I think Kyle Dubas is trying to avoid yet again because he got burned so badly but, but does, with Felino. Does Klingberg just give them a, like when I see the list of names? I know Luke yeah. Fox looked at some trade targets. Like, is he just another one of those players that isn't good in his own I, zone? I, I didn't mind him when he went to the Stanley Cup final in the bubble. Right. I mean, they had a good run, and he was a big part of that. Listen. It, it, would I rather have nothing than Klingberg? That's what you're going to get right. to, but you won't get to it till March. That's when you really start thinking about uh, a guy like that on the Leafs. Uh, 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 this is a better than nothing deal. Right. All right. Smoke or fire? The Sens could somehow get Eric Carlson back to Ottawa. Yeah. This isn't even uh, smoke. This is just your shoes off, uh, <laughs> stinking up the joint. And I smell smoke. Listen. He's not going back to Ottawa. Stop it with the talk. If you're, if you're Eric Carlson, I'm looking at the standings and I'm going, oh, they're pretty much where I left them in last place. This is not a contending team. This is not a team that he's going to be excited to go now and, and still go through uh, a rebuild. He has no intentions of going through that all over again for the Ottawa Senators. So, so this isn't even a smoke, this is a vape. <laughs> I told you, it's your shoes. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. All right, speaking of then, DJ Smith. We heard Pierre Dorian yeah. come out and give a vote of confidence yeah. to his head coach. Is DJ Smith's job safe? Yeah. Smoke or fire? Uh, I got fire on that one. Yeah. I think there's so much pre pressure on Pierre Dorian. And as we knew from uh, comments, what, last year, that uh, the rebuild's over and got to kind of you know, do the backstroke on that one a little right. bit. I, I am nervous that he may have to backstroke on uh, on making a significant change if, in fact, uh, DJ doesn't get them back in a race here. Let me ask you a hard question following the fire. Has he been given enough on the back end? No, no. No, Pierre Dorian's been looking for a defense, you know, uh, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. Right. And it's not good enough. Put a lot of pressure on Shabbat yeah. uh, to turn around and, and go to Jake Sanderson and be, be a, a top two defenseman in the league right away. Um, those, those are asks that uh, has put tremendous pressure on DJ Smith. All right, speaking of Jacob Trippin, Chikrin, excuse me, to a Canadian team, smoke or fire? No, fire. Yeah. Fire. And uh, everything I'm hearing is his first choice would be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, he, he would love it. He would welcome it. Would love to play uh, with with Austin. Mm. Uh, for probably Kyle Dubas, it doesn't help that they know that Morgan Riley is out for the next six weeks. I wouldn't believe that they would be dumb enough to change the parameters of a deal that's probably been discussed. And I, I think that uh, I don't think Arizona will get greedy on this. Uh, but we know the ask is high depending on what prospect you want to give up, but could still build it around two first-rounders. All right, uh, we've got about two and a half minutes left here, so I'll go Bruins go all in for Patrick Kane, smoke or fire. By the way, was that a trade that just... No, nothing yet, there? nothing okay. yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say this one's uh, warming up a little bit. Uh, th there's going to be a ton of teams, including the New York Rangers, that would love to uh, add a, a Pat Kane, but... This one's not going to come down anytime soon. This is, uh, once again, uh, a deadline decision right. for 
Pat Kane and Taves to be, uh, you know, right there. Yeah, yeah, perfectly honest. They're both in a position. No moves. Do I feel like going? Do, maybe I'll stay. Maybe I'm so ticked off at the Chicago Blackhawks uh, that, uh, you know what? I'll make a decision on a new team in the summer. I'm not going to do it now. So there's a lot of things here to still consider when you're when you're linking Patrick Kane to any team, let alone the Boston Bruins. You and I have talked almost ad nauseum about the cap, and I don't want to walk down that road, but isn't that a lot of money for someone to just bring in in the middle of a season? Are you talking about Taves? Kane. Kane. Uh, yeah, but again, you could you can work around it. The beauty of the Boston Bruins is they're only paying Bergeron and Krejci, what, $3.5 million collectively, so you've right. got a lot of flexibility here. Right. And it's a lot easier for the Boston Bruins to is do this. Is that one of the favorites on this? I, I would imagine that yeah. uh, if, if they get a Patrick Kane, <laughs> there's not going to be a lot of people that believe that uh, they can, they, that they can uh, not win the Stanley Cup. And finally, Nick Kiprios, I know you are a fan of sports. Yeah. That's why we appreciate you. Smoke or fire, Canada beats Belgium. Uh, I want to go fire on maybe the first goal. Uh, the first goal. <laughs> Would the first goal not feel like almost a win in itself, in all honesty? You know, I was talking to Jimmy Brennan about this, and, yeah. and Jesse was in here for it. We were just shooting the bleep in the commercial break, yeah. and I'm like, for some countries, just scoring a yeah. goal in the World Cup is a huge... I'll never forget watching USA 94, Saudi Arabia, scored their first World Cup goal, and they were yeah. absolutely bananas just scoring the goal. Like you heard Iran's fans, like they were down 6-1 yeah. to England. They got over midfield and the fans went up. Like yeah. it's just a different level that I'm and not it, sure Canadians but, understand. But, and, and scoring a first goal is is a legit thing. Yeah. Right? We we know now we've got world-class talent. We don't just have a bunch of guys getting together and right. and uh, a hope and a dream here. We got we got some world-class here. They I mean David Alfonso gets a, a, a nice oh, opportunity. They, real they, world they, class and, and, then, and then, who knows? That's the beauty of sport. We've already witnessed it early in this tournament <laughs> yeah. that uh, anything can happen. A anything can happen. What is the number on can, number of Canadians going to watch tomorrow? We're doing a show with Real Kipper Born. We're doing it's it a wonderful for question. an hour. Against and them. I'm like so mad at them. <laughs> I'm like, why are you putting this on? Come on. Everybody's going to be watching this game. Right. And well, you can like, watch us after. Oh we'll, we'll be I can do. I can do and say anything Just in that hour of the top. show. Do you know my kids in class are watching? The, like yes. there are kids across Canada in school. This, it almost feels. This could be our country's new summit series. There it is. We're pulling TVs. From Nick Kiprios. We're throwing iPads in the classroom. No, kids no just longer watch that it on big their phone dolly. Now. Yeah. That's it. No longer that big <laughs> dolly. All right, Kipper, thanks for doing this. My pleasure. Always appreciate Tuesdays. Okay, with pal. Uh, time for one last break. We'll get to game time talk. Ben Simmons as he would. How about that for a turn, Kipper? Ben Simmons going to Philadelphia. Got a feeling the reception might not be too kind. We'll discuss next. Friends, Hockey Central coming up in a few minutes on Sportsnet. Bit of a basketball night on the network, and we got a couple good ones. The Nets and Sixers. That's right. Ben Simmons going back to the Philadelphia Sportsnet, Sportsnet 1, followed by the Lakers and Suns on Sportsnet, as well as WWE NXT, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet 360. As for us, we continue with Rubinoff. Game time. What's up? 
It is game time where we discuss what you need to know about the games of the night and a juicy matchup in Philly indeed, Timmy, where Ben Simmons makes his return to the city of brotherly love. Not so much tonight. No, not at all. Uh, with the Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn taking on the Sixers. You can watch it on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1, as you said. So tune in to see what kind of reception Ben Simmons receives. You spoke highly about the fans over the weekend. Yeah. You said it's good to be back, but what do you think of how frustrated they were with how it ended yeah. and the fact that, you know, it didn't result in what they hoped it would result in? What do I think here? about that? Yeah. yeah. I can't worry about, you know, everyone's feelings, you know. It's not about, at the end of the day, it's not, I'm not here to make everybody happy. Then I'm you, sure I'll see you, Joel. And you'll go up and go, go talk to them? Yeah, we're going to do our secret handshake. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually handling uh, this yeah, pretty well, yeah, isn't very, he? Very, very well. Uh, I'll be watching to see if they do their secret handshake. But how bad do you think it's going to be for Ben tonight? I, I honestly, the way he's played and the way he's answered these questions about Philly will mitigate it somewhat. But it could be among the worst returns or the most brutal returns that we have seen in sports and I know we wow. asked people out there yeah. about the best returns yeah we did uh, I just want to point out quickly that uh, there is a tweet going on uh, out there on, on Twitter of, of Ben Simmons warming up at shoot around and apparently it's not that bad at the moment but of course we've got a long way to go Nobody and people still yet. filtering into the, <laughs> yeah. the stadium I do remember the uh, Vince Carter one which they booed Santa Claus man yeah. what do you think they're gonna do to Ben Simmons I know it's gonna be bad so we asked what's the harshest return for an athlete going back to play a former team and I was going to say, uh, I remember Vince Carter, and that one was, it was loud very, very early, and Chris writes in and says, I was at the Vince Carter return game, a whole stadium except for my wonderful wife yelling, Carter sucks. <laughs> maybe the second loudest thing I ever heard at a Raptors game, I would agree with that, might, maybe even the loudest. Uh, Vince said he never heard a thing, which is a lie, probably. Sheila said, All right. uh, would have to be Tavares returning to Long Island. That crowd was relentless. Some of the fans are pretty creative. Uh, Mouth breather and bedwetter are the jersey names. Uh, Bears Fuller says uh, Johnny Damon going back to Boston yeah. once he was a member of the Yankees. That's a turncoat right he there. Was, he was clean shaven too when he came back, obviously, because <laughs> yeah, there's uh, no facial hair on the Yankees, right? Yeah, which is weird. Uh, Everything Blue Jays and Penguins says Braun to Cleveland, which was probably the apex of vitriol. And Scott says it'll be Judge if he leaves for New York. Sorry, when he leaves New York. So you think that's it? Is he gone? Throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Um, okay, I, I just want to point out that TF Predict was number one in Canada. Oh, really? We were Hashtag trending number TF one Predict. in Canada. Number one in all of oh, Canada. Look at that little screenshot that, that you little, got there. Yes, I screenshotted it just to make, make sure, sure we, we don't have any uh, numbers it. on our uh, so Microsoft Teams. Why there. don't I go with, uh, yeah, you're seeing the hoodie right there. It's beautiful. Use hashtag TF Predict correctly pick the score and result of Canada against Belgium yesterday, 2 p.m. Eastern time, or tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And if there's multiple picks that are correct, we will choose at random. We will choose at random. Always. And again, uh, we know that people are going to be watching this all over the country. Send in your videos of how you're watching the game, and we will put them on the air tomorrow and give out this wonderful hoodie to whoever wins when it is 4-3 Canada Love the colors. over Belgium. I understand the colors. I get it why it's red and white. I said 4-3 Canada over Belgium. That's fine. But yeah. Everyone in here was confident today. I like it. All right. That does it for us. Talk to you again tomorrow.